Hi there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. I am on the Paramount lot in the office of James LaRosa. He is the creator and showrunner of the hit VH1 show, Hit the Floor. Hi, James. Hi, Dennis. I'll Your office. Dennis. Dennis Anyone. Yes, me, please. Right? I know, it's about me. <laughs> First of all, when you come at the Paramount lot, they really know how to do it right. Because it's my favorite lot to drive on. I don't even know if I've been on any of them, but it's the most iconic. Right? It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. So when you come here, do you get a thrill still I when still you're like, do. I'm going to the lot? <clears throat> I still do. Well, you know, you get the famous little arch that you kind of come under. Yes. You've got the water tower in the background. Everything is sort of like green and there's bushes and it's all very... You can almost hear the soundtrack in your head. Like when you're pulling on like an old movie or something. I don't know if I hear a soundtrack. I definitely hear uh, the lady at the front gate going, your pass has been deactivated. You need to go to, you know. They're very strict here with the... With the uh, with the uh, with the security, as they should be, because there's all sorts of crazies coming here trying to meet Lucille Ball even still. Well, they kicked it up a notch, because today when I came through the gate, they printed out a thing that has like a tick. It's like this whole paper with a map, and Paramount Pictures welcomes Dennis Hensley. Please, please proceed to your office. James LaRosa is expecting you. And then it's like all your questions are answered. And then there's a <laughs> plug for some movie coming up, you know. What's the plug for? Uh, Shadow Recruit. So maybe it's a, maybe they need to update this a little bit, but <laughs> I was impressed, is the point. Who else do you run into on this lot? Mary Hart? Uh, not Mary Hart. Well, so they film a bunch of shows here. So we right. have, uh, they filmed Glee here. So I think the first fun person that I saw uh, was Jane Lynch, and she was like in her like uniform, her, her, sweatsuit. her sweatsuit striding along. So that's pretty cool. Um, and there's, you know, there's always shows kind of coming and going. And, right. Uh, on our stages, we filmed uh, when we were not on our stages. Some, you know, sometimes they'll put commercial uh, stuff going on there, whatever. And they did. Um, oh God, what's her name? What's the super fun happy night? She was in. Oh, um, the, the the yes from Australia, the blonde. Her show. Yes. Why can't I think of her name? Yeah. I keep wanting to say Rumor Willis, but that's no, just not true. It's it's that's, not Rumor Willis. <laughs> it's not. It's the blonde that was in Pitch Perfect. Is it Fivish Finkel? No. It's not, it's not not her. No. Name. <laughs> it's not Farley Granger. Um, somebody. But you just you just get the most random right. people. Scott Baio, I think recently had a show. I don't know if it's still on, but you know, and like it's just like the most random. And, and, you, and you round a corner and you're like, what? what? Have you seen Darren Chris in the flesh? I have not. Uh, what about Leah Michelle? Has she thrown shade at you at the commissary or anything? Mm -hmm. No, Leah Michelle in the commissary. I like the video the footage that showed her going <laughs> into the commissary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those are the Glee girls. All right. Hit the Floor is nearing its the end of its second season, right? Yes. How many more episodes do... When's your season finale? Our season finale is August 11th. Okay. We have to God, talk. I hope, I hope I have that right. I'm pretty yeah. sure I do. Um, second season, and it's a big hit for VH1. We are uh, stoked and thrilled. Uh, people love it. What's your favorite statistic? My favorite statistic. The is... email that they sent through that we're in the demo of the da da da. That's actually that's probably my favorite statistic. Is in like. 18 to 30, like basically the only statistic that people care about. Like you could be, we could, yeah. you know, there are other shows that might have more viewers. Right. Uh, but if they're over 50. They don't give a F. They, they bury them. Yeah. They yeah. die. Right. Um, but we have the, you know, the fabulous uh, 18 to 30 whatever. Right. Uh, and we're, you know, we beat our, every other show in our time slot in that. And so it's, it's great. And the fact that it's on VH1, um, that they find us, it's 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 pretty fantastic. Well, so and I also, love that stat. And, and, and the other one which I love is the social, we're like top 10 on all of cable and broadcast in terms of people tweeting about, in terms of uh, how much, because we, we're with them. When we watch the show, we're all together. We all... I, I want to talk to you about that because I've noticed that there's a big, you have a big social media presence around the show and all of that. Is that something they tell you to do? Is it something you do naturally? Is it something where you're like, oh, I got to tweet again. Like, how do you feel about all thing. of that? And Here's how I feel. Because you're very, the energy that comes through is very upbeat and positive and fun. Right. But, but it's like, gosh, that's one more thing in addition to all the other responsibilities you have. No, this is what I, I I'll speak personally and then I'll, and then I'll kind of give it a larger context. Personally, I work so hard on this show um, and, and I can only speak for myself, but I actually believe this is true of everyone that works in the show. Work really hard on it. Um, in a cave. So, you know, we'll be in the writer's room for, you know, however many months, and then we'll be in production for however many months, and we can't talk about what's going on, because the show is basically built on 
plot twists and, and, you know, holy shit moments and that sort of thing. So to actually get to a point where the show airs and no one knows what's coming and then the things blow up and people are like, holy fuck, like that's insane. You want to be there and go, you want to hear what people have to say. You want to see them get engaged and you want to, you know, go back and forth like, oh, because it's, for me, I love it. It's, it's the it's, payoff moment. It's, it's, it's like the curtain call in a way. Well, you know, it, it Exactly. And so when, when, you know, when we air, you know, we air on Monday nights, we have, we air three times, we air at nine, 11 and one. And right. so, and there are plenty of fans who go, and maybe sometimes they just are too lazy to look for the remote, but they'll watch all three in the night. And, uh, and I, <laughs> on Monday nights, I can often stay up until, you know, it's just a charge of it airing, but I can step until like three in the morning, just reading all the, and I read, I get into it and there's like, you know, tens and tens of thousands of tweets about the show. And I'm just, I'm reading them all because I love people going like, what? And are you kidding? And no, yes. And so all that stuff. Now the people who go, ugh, I'm forced to tweet. I have to tweet, whatever, whatever. I don't typically buy that because you're either tweeting or you're not. Like example, I might've had someone uh, who's like, oh, you know, they're making me and blah, blah, blah. I know you like doing it. So don't like, what's the, don't, you, you tweet about it. Don't be it. disingenuous. It's for it's you know 140 characters. It's right. Not, yeah. And and no one's no one has a gun to your head. Right. But you know it's this instant gratification and you know positive reinforcement. Of, I've got another follower. Someone yeah. else likes me. That's right. right. I re retweeted. They agree with me. Right. Um. You know, there's people on the show who aren't as active on Twitter, but and, and you know that it's just not, like like Don Stark who plays Oscar. Right. He's I think he enjoys it and he'll check it when he's on it and it's no big deal. He he doesn't have it like a you know an adrenaline needle jammed into his heart called right. Twitter and he goes. But he, when he pops on, we all love it, and it's great, whatever, whatever. But other than that... But nobody been... has to do it for their oh, job. Oh, God, no, 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 no. Okay, because no. I, I feel like sometimes when I take meetings and stuff like that, there's this... There are no there are, yeah. there are places that People make are, you do it. Like yeah. if you oftentimes reality shows, they'll they'll give the contestants like you know here's your thing and your your handle has our show name in it or whatever. Right. Or whatever. Um, certainly, there's no policy on this show that you have right. to do it. But it really is like a really really fun game. Like all of us talk to each other. All of us talk to the fans. Yeah. Um, we all everyone's in the same boat. Everyone works really hard on it. We love it and we love that everyone else loves it. And and it's just it's like crack. It's dust. like you know what it is. It's like leaving the stage door after a show mm -hmm. and the, that interaction and stuff like that. It's like in television you don't always get that immediate thing, and this is a way to get it. It's it it's definitely. It's definitely something you can feed off of, but it's also something that, um, it, it's a two-way street for me because if it's just about getting like, oh, you are great, you are great, you are great, I can read that, I mean, I'm sure I can read you suck as well, but I mean, I can read whatever I want to find and be fine with it, but I like interacting back. I like going, I like your, you know, whatever, and, and when people have questions about the show, I'm always happy to answer them unless they're like, what's coming up, which I never can. Yeah. But, um, but I like... I was a TV nerd growing up. I was that person who, you know, skipped school and would come home and watch soaps. I wasn't, like, off, you know, slashing tires and being a badass. I would come up... I had, like... I used to look at USA Today's ratings when I was, like... I want to say I was, like, 12 years old, and the ratings in USA Today were always out on a Wednesday, and I would always go, this show is number one, and this show beat this show, and why is this... This was a repeat. Why is it... And I was so yeah. into it. So knowing that those people, like, there are other me's out there who are watching now how cool it is for them. Like, I like interacting with them and, 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 and kind of... I know how cool it is for them because it was cool for me. Right, you get it. Um, has a tweet ever hurt your feelings? Have you ever, like... Has it ever, like, stuck in your craw? Uh, no, I... Th oh, well, I don't want to say no. I'm, I'm a delicate soul. Right. Um, but I think, particularly when you work in this business, you can't... And this, they say this, it's very trite, but you can't take a positive review too seriously and you can't take a negative review seriously and plus on the now nowadays with all the sort of people chatting and whatnot it's so much easier to say something negative it's so much easier to go boring or i hate this or whatever we're really lucky that we have a lot of positive enthusiasm for the show right but it's not i mean there are always going to be people that are going to have like random you know stuff to say uh i'm trying to think i mean i'm sure something has i'm not right. i'm human but i right. don't think I don't think, uh, if I had someone who, like, was my idol, who was like, ugh, I just turned the channel halfway through this show, I don't even know what it was, then I might, you know, yeah. slash a wrist, but if it's just someone going, I hate that those two people slept together, or whatever, then I go, well, you know. It's a soap. Keep watching. Exactly. Um, does your fan, do your fans have a certain name, a special name? They do, don't they? I'm so torn about this, because here's the thing. I know that other shows have them, I know, like, you Scandal know, has whatever they have. They all ha and on the one hand, I think it's... And I'm not talking about that show in particular, but I'm just like, mm, I don't know, like, 
is this the name? Like, we all, like, these are grown people watching, and you're one of these people, and whatever. That said, there's something really sort of nice about, I just use Devil's Nation, because it's... I like it. I have Eric's. It's very sort of genuine and sporty, and there's always, you know, uh, actual sport, you know, city, and, and all that stuff, and... Um, Red Sox Nation, etc. Right. Um, so I Rhythm Nation. Stuff. Rhythm Nation. Janet has her whole country Exactly. Her. Um, I, for a little while, I was toying with like hit men and hit women, but then I just felt like I was going down a, a shame hole. And so right. I sort of backed I like away. Devil Nation. It's got a, it's a, repo- is it Devil's? Devil's Nation, okay. yes. Okay. I'm, a me- I'm, I, yeah. You're a member. You're a card carrying member Who would win in a dance off between Devil's Nation and Rhythm Nation? Uh, I would say, uh, because of our choreographer Michael Rooney, yeah. I think Devil's Nation would probably, unless they could clone Janet thirteen more times. Yeah, I mean our girls could definitely take her back up. Oh, for you know sure. I mean? Yeah, I mean I know Jennifer Lopez was one of them. Right. I know all about Eve kind of worked her way out, but now I used to take dance class from Michael Rooney back mm-hmm. in the day, and he's very nice. And I run into him at Target, and he's still very nice, and he's nice on Facebook. So I have to say that this is the third story I've heard about running into someone who works in the show at Target. I feel like if you want to meet, <laughs> if you want to meet anyone from Hit the Floor, go to Target. Go to Target. We right. had um, we had. Um, McKinley, who plays Derek, is like, oh, and these people are like going, is that McKinley? And I was at Target, and I was like, if I knew that all these yeah. people were at Target, I'd be like, hey. There'll be a memo That's going out. Like. From here on out, step it up, everybody. We've got an image to protect. <laughs> right, we're only going to Target yeah, now. Exactly. Target. I, we want Coles or up. <laughs> Coles or up. Now, we've got to talk about a bombshell. Uh-huh. In this last episode, there was a gay scene that was hotter than any gay scene I've ever seen on TV that wasn't on HBO or Showtime. How'd you make Pretty it happen? Good, right? How'd you get away with it? Uh, or was there was there even a getting away with thing? Like, no, no I, I think there's. I mean, God, there's so. Many I was like, ways you go, question. James. <laughs> there's so many ways to answer this question. So just talk about that scene, however so, you want to. I would say um, we, like I said, the show exists on bombshells, um, right? And so, but we don't do anything on the show just for the sake of doing it. There's always got to be something leading up to it, and there's got to be something coming out of it. I don't hook up two characters just so that they can be hooked up. Because t- nobody's screwed this episode, and right. we need to Let's, get somebody into bed. Wouldn't it be shocking if, you know, yeah. Coach Davenport and Oscar had a quickie behind yeah. the dumpster? I mean, we don't do that. We right. have to, so, you know... You know what? Write that on a card. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, we, but, so, when, you know, when the season started, we knew we were introducing these three new characters, uh, which is uh, Jude, who is a younger, kind of a newer agent, a junior agent, who we revealed in the first episode of the season was Oscar's son. Uh, we had a new basketball player by the name of Zero, who's a trade from another team, who we, you know, I wanted a male Yelena. You know, I yeah. wanted someone, you know, Yelena was used to kind of working people and getting what she wanted. And I was like, what if Yelena was dating Yelena? Um, yeah. And then our final person, um, and that's, so Brent Antonella plays Jude, uh, Adam Sen plays Zero, and then our third character, Jodelyn O'Keefe, who plays Lionel Davenport, Pete's wife, who was talked about a lot in the first season, and right. we brought her on to stir some shit up. Of course. Um, and I knew... Uh, I knew that I, I, <laughs> I knew I wanted to go here with somebody. Um, and so as we were sort of evolving the characters in the story and it came together, you know, these two characters came onto the show kind of as conspirators, co-conspirators. You know, Jude brought Zero onto the Devils, um, and but we never really knew why, what was the scheme, whatever, whatever. And, and it was about, you know, kind of driving a wedge between... Terrence and Derek and basically taking over the team, being MVP. It's a lot. It's a lot more exciting to be the star of Los Angeles than the star of Ohio, where he comes right. from. Uh, and so that was sort of the story. That was what everyone's watching. Everyone's watching Zero hook up with Elena. Everyone's watching Jude try and break up Raquel and Pete with Lionel's. You know, having them come together was something I was really excited about doing because they kind of had this little bromance. They kind of had this little relate, and they were both not great. I don't want to say they weren't great people, but, you know, typically on shows, the gay guy is always, like, kind of like... More vulnerable, sweet guy, right. don't commit suicide, <laughs> it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You know, you know what, like, it's that, it's, you... They're martyrs who don't have sex. Yeah. And so to have... And these guys are kind of dicks that do. I know. <laughs> right, Zero has sex with everyone. Right. Um, and Jude wasn't having anything with anybody the entire, uh, the entire earlier part of the season right so and for a reason I mean like he we kind of flirted a little bit with could there be something you know 
not you weren't feeling anything necessarily between him and Raquel, but there was some interaction and what have you. And, and anyway, but but I always knew Jude was uh, gay, um, and I always knew Zero was all over the place. I mean, he's been with Yelena, he's been with multiple prostitutes, ladies, and and then this happens. I mean, he's kind of yeah. Um, you feel like he's just down to fuck. Isn't that is that DTF? Is DTF. That, you he, feel like he's just DTF. And he's DTF. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. Which is listen. It works for him. He's effing all over the place. Right. Um, so when, as far as getting away with it, I would say, uh, in the story part of it all, VH1 never batted. I, I can't even say, oh, good for them. They never batted an eye. It was a complete and total non-issue. Right. It was like, oh my god, that's really juicy. But it wasn't like, can we do it? Yeah. And when it came to filming, you know, I was very clear in going, okay, there is no reason why we can't have in the same episode a ridiculously hot sex scene between Yelena and Terrence, and we can't have the exact same ridiculously hot sex scene between Jude and Zero. It, to me, it, it, doing it any differently would hang a lantern on the fact that it was something different. Something's wrong with it. Something's different. Like, they're going to kiss a little bit, and then we're going to cut out. Yeah. And so, um, and so that's why, I mean, they, everyone on the show, it's an equal opportunity show. They all know, they're all, everyone in your cast is sort of like, know what they're in for and they're they're up for it and they go for it they're up for it because they know what the show's about they know the show is is like it's very it's it's an attention grabbing show there's attention grabbing scenes there's attention grabbing dialogue and this cast is like i'm not here to like just phone in some lines and go like they want to go oh i'm gonna blow up twitter in this scene okay let's see what's gonna happen and so they all came and they you know brought it and so as far as adam and brent go uh, they didn't know what was going to go down with their characters. Um, Did they know when they signed on that there might be gay stuff nope. going on? No, nope, not at all. Um, and so when that, because that, that wasn't happening until way later in the season right. anyway. And they had plenty to focus on early on in terms of like, you know, being Oscar's son, Jude in that case, and trying to get his approval and establishing these guys in Zero coming in and, and you know, going after Yelena. So when this part of the storyline came along, um, four episodes from the end of the season, or, or five, depending if you talk, if you count Jude kissing Zero in the limo at the end of the one episode. Oh, I count it. I, I, I listen. <laughs> Who wouldn't? I thought that was all we were going to get. Well, no. But it wasn't. It's, we got it wasn't so much more. It wasn't in it not. Right. Um, but basically, I we finished, we were filming on one day, and I and I texted the guys, and, and I was like, okay, I knew the storyline was coming up, and so I wanted to talk to them about it, and talk them through it, and what have you, and just kind of have a dialogue about it of course and so i texted them and i was like hey are you guys around and i i, I want to say adam was leaving town for a day or two or something and brent was around and but but brent had already left he was he he was like 15 minutes away in a car and i was like okay no i just want to talk to you about something like story coming up with your character or whatever but we can talk after the weekend because it was like a friday i'm sure he thought oh fuck i'm dying well so wait so he, so he goes no no i can come back and i was like oh, oh okay great and so he you know, turns his car around, comes over, comes to the set, because we're still sort of finishing up some stuff, and I'm like, okay, let's go to my office, and we come up, you know, up the stairs, up here, what have you, and then I tell him about, I'm like, okay, so, and you know, these guys, do, you, you don't want to go, okay, well, here's what happens, you and this guy are going to do something. Basically, you know, they, they're, they're real actors, they want to know, like, here's the yeah, story, this here's is what I've been playing, and, and yeah. So we had the whole conversation. He was so amazing, he was just completely into it, because he Adam. hasn't, no, this is Brent. Oh, yeah, Brent right. plays Jude. He was so right. he was so amazing about it because you know he's I don't I'm not in his head, but I mean, and I have, I'm looking at this wall of photos of my cast, but they all have they're all hooking up all over the place, and Jude hasn't been. Right. And Jude's been to this point a very sort of enigmatic kind of character who is making sort of threats here and there and trying to do things professionally here and there, but he, he's not like in the emotional and sexual right. He has fabric he, needs, of the he gets show something yet. fun to play, and so now he's like oh, and like I think finally he felt like a character and hit the floor. like which oh I get to roll around in the mud with everyone else like that's right. great. So it was a really and so we had a really great conversation about the character, and then afterwards he's like I, I thought you were I, I thought you were going to fire me like I thought you were walking me up to your office to sit down and tell me about my character. And I was going to be fired. Yeah. I was like, oh. And I felt horrible. I was like, oh. And then I'm like running it back in my head like, can you come back? I want to talk about your character. And the defense. Right, come right, to right. my office. And That's all... like the Shonda Rhimes call where you're dying. Oh, That they all talk about all the, you know what I mean? Like, Do they get, I, that would, I would take any call from Shonda Rhimes. Even if I was dying in real life, I'd be like, oh, it's Shonda. She's got the sickle. <laughs> Give me the respirator. I need five more minutes. <laughs> five more minutes. And so then, and then it was the exact same with Adam. Adam came back. I met up with him. And, uh. And they approached it differently, but they approached it from the same place of how can I make it real? And when we were filming it, um, they went for it, and 
and I think the and I've been really excited about the audience reaction to it because it wasn't something that we like threw out there and said uh, plot twist here's what happens um, you know we had a whole season of build up and this thing goes on you're already invested in these two characters who uh, had other things going on and now and the way it was done it wasn't it, it wasn't particularly obvious so the fact that so and people there are so many the tweets that I'm retweeting a bunch of shit now which is basically going oh my god they're adorable and they should have babies and oh there's these two oh my god they're the it couple on the show no I love and these are like white ladies right you know or uh, or you know I never thought uh, uh, that gay, gay sex scene would be so hot and I'm so turned on like it was it's, yeah people are busting out over the scene so it's 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 been really kind of awesome well, the way Zero initiated it, you don't really see that very much. You you don't really see like the the super hot. You know what I mean? He's he's usually the pursued, mm -hmm. and then in this case, he had a moment where he had to to initiate. And you his 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 reasons may be fucked up. There right. we may find out <laughs> down the line that he's just doing it so he can do it. But that's your show, right? Um, I was proud of you, and I thought it was exciting and cool and. When you interview and cast actors, is part of what you're looking for, in addition to talent and all that, a sort of adventurousness, a gameness, a sort of... I, I, is there a way to sort of... Okay, yeah, if, yeah. If, if this plot goes in a crazy way, this person can roll with it. You know what I mean? I, know, I, I totally know what you mean. And, it's, and again, I'm looking at this wall of actors, their, their headshots tacked up to my wall, like the most beautiful poster that's ever been made. They're so homely. They're, each and every one of them. I, I, I really... I put paper just, bags on their heads I, half the time. How, do you, even, how the, do you even walk in and look at them? I'm CGIing all the funk off their faces. Every time that, every time yeah. I'm in post, I'm like, oh, Scott, yeah. someone make Valerie Ortiz look pretty. Somebody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Our, our CGI budget is in the tens of millions. Uh, they're um, yeah, so no, they're, beautiful. They're all gifted by, you know, freak... You know, yeah. jeans. Um, they, when I when I cast uh, actors, I it it's very strange. I there's there's no real formula. I just go do I do I feel do I like it? Do I like them or not? Do I feel? And I don't go. Here's my checklist of things I need. They need to be adventurous. They need to be this. They need to be that. I they all have to engage me, and I think. And that sounds very selfish. I think like I don't go who's going to engage the audience, which is probably I, I don't I don't right. go oh people are going to love them because they're they're I, I don't know I, you can never know what the audience is going to love or not love. But if if there's something about them that I go I don't know what it is, but I I just want to watch it. Like right. when um, an example I can I, mean, we, I can any of these people I can use as an example. Like um, to keep talking about Brent. Uh, you know, when he came in and read for Jude, we had a lot of people coming in. It was supposed to be a sports agent. Right. So a lot of people were coming in in the slick suits and being very, like, confident and assured. The and hot shot. Like, yeah, and we do fake sides for the show. We don't ever, really ever use sides that we film on the show. We right. always just do phony sides. So he comes, so the side for him that got him the job, frankly, was we had this, where he's basically meeting an older athlete and trying to sign him, and it's like the biggest thing he could ever do, and he's basically reaching to do this because he's junior and whatever. And he has this, um, this line that he gave, I love that this one line, get this guy this job, but, um, but he's basically telling him that like, as soon as he retires, his agent is going to drop him. And he, and he's, and the line is like, basically, you know, minute you're, the, the agent's name was Boris. Boris is going to drop you um, uh, as soon as you retire because that's what he does. And there's something about the way that Brent speaks, which is like, and he's he seems like he's from New York or something. He's from Florida. Right. I don't know where his Florida. I don't know where his accent comes from. He's right. got some sort of way of speaking that like, where are you from? Um, and he's not. Uh, he doesn't have like the the twelve page long TV resume. So now he knows all the tricks of all the things that TV actors can do to convey whatever. So all the stuff that he was doing was kind of unusual, and that was engaging to me. For Logan, who plays Elena, you know, we had several young women who came in and tested for that role against Taylor Page, who plays Asha. Taylor came in, killed it. I thought she was going to be so difficult to cast. Um, that role because the ingenue is always the one you want to like right. and punch she has, in the throat and she like, has to dance and well they all right and so but, so, but for the three women who tested for Elena um, Logan was like I'll say this she's not as tall as Taylor so the other two women were and so when we had to have like uh, okay well she needs Asha needs to be intimidated by Elena will will this come across when you have the intimidator being shorter and smaller whatever whatever and when she came in, she just, she does this thing that I love, which is, 
when you're trying to be a bitch, and I would think being a bitch would be really, I thought that would be the easiest role to cast. Right. Who doesn't want to come in and say like some awful thing and walk away? Like to me, that's like a, a dream life. Right. You know what I mean? So, but she, and everyone would be really like emotional about it and whatever. And she just came in and she would just like say it like, I, I could care less even saying this to you because right. you're not even worth it. I can barely be good. bothered to emit to, this oxygen. <laughs> right. And so, uh, and that's when the, that's when the network was like, oh, this girl's good. Because, because for sure, Taylor was like, who's this bitch? But in a yeah. good way, everyone gets along amazingly, but there was something about their chemistry that was fantastic. Um, so th- that's the longest answer to a question that's, ever. I get it. I, I, I am. I've noticed when I've, I've cast a few projects of my own and called in actors that I hadn't met before. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. And sometimes someone just walks in and they're the person. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and, isn't that and, awesome? it, and it, you know, maybe they prepared, maybe they did something, but sometimes it's just, they're them. Right. And you want to tell, I want to tell my actor friends, don't beat yourself up over no. those auditions because sometimes you're the person and sometimes you're not. And it's, right. I, and honestly, it's kind of like any relationship. If, if, if you kind of have chemistry with someone and you kind of want to make it work and you kind of whatever, whatever. It's not going to happen. But if you just go, and you're like, I'm going to dress up, and I'm going to be my best behavior. If you can't show up in, in sweatshorts and, like, looking kind of, like, with your bed head or whatever, the person still has to want to fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, like there, there still has to be something there that's, like, completely legit and whatever. So, we, yeah, I mean, any of these actors that I'm looking at right now, my cast, they could have come in. No one had to do their makeup. No one, I mean, probably they would have had to. But no one has to, you know... No one had to come in and impress me. They just came in and were themselves. And that's like a relationship. If you come in and impress me, it doesn't matter. If you're yourself, I'm going to be totally into you. So you're right, absolutely. Because as like, a writer, you have an idea of what this thing is. And then somebody comes in and they're, they're that. Right. All the, all the things that I think actors worry about so much. I shouldn't have worn those shoes. Or what? let me do it again. Let me do it this way. Should I have shaken their hand? Should I not have? It's out the window because if sometimes... only I read that one more time, Sometimes somebody's the person and sometimes they're not. Mm. And hopefully... To all the actors that might be listening to this, sometimes it'll be it'll be you sometimes, and, but it, but well, sometimes it's not, and sometimes it's not, and 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 it's actually I I say that all the time. I think it takes a lot of guts to come in an audition. I think you just come in, do your best, be prepared, and go. And in my case, I'll remember if someone just does that because there's a lot of people who don't even do that. Like they'll come in, they'll make excuses like, "Oh, I just got this last night," and they'll kind of work their way through it. You know they're not really committed to whatever they're doing, and then they then they kind of go and whether they have little attitudes or they're overly like, "Oh, I know that sucked. I I, I whatever." It's just like just come in, be prepared and go. I'll remember that. There are people who uh I've brought in for other parts who weren't right for that particular part or right. whatever and you know oftentimes that happens if someone comes in for a big part and we'll cast them in a small part but for my leads uh logan who plays elena she came and originally read for asha um mckinley who plays derek originally read for terrence um and uh you know mckinley i don't know if, how many people know that but uh mckinley you know read for terrence um and uh wasn't uh, we're like, okay, well, that was good, and he's a really solid actor, and we would bring, if you're super solid, we'll bring you back just to kind of see right. we, what happens the next time or whatever. And he kind of walked out, and we all looked at each other's papers, because you always do the, like, the little notes or whatever. Right. And er- everyone had Derek question mark next to it, and they're like, bring him back. So we're like, hey, so McKinley, could you just look at your look at these Derek lines, and would you be, you know, do you want to come back? Do you want to do right? So just give me a few minutes, just give me a few minutes. In five minutes, he'd memorize his entire scene and killed it and got the role like right there just because he had it or he didn't and he happened to have it but for this other character right. and and McKin- no one else would be playing Derek Roman right now but McKinley is perfect right so how many shirts male shirts are there in the wardrobe truck three, three yes. that just get spread out from the different people yes <laughs> all, they're all they're <laughs> exactly and they're all tapered and well fitted exactly yes yeah. and and they're and they all get taken off within the first like 4 seconds of the scene anyway so. right so, yeah. that's, so that's where you're saving a lot of money we save money on wardrobe. Partic- yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say particularly for McKinley, but this year I feel like everyone, you know, Rob, who plays Terrence, Rob Riley, is uh, oftentimes got nothing. Adam Sen oftentimes has nothing. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, we, 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 Do there's they, no one on that, on that wall except for Oscar who we haven't gotten uh, shirtless, shirtless, etc. Have you showed ass? We have. I feel like you have. We have, uh, we have essentially one ass allowance a season 
Really? Uh, well, oh I my think... god, do they compete for whose ass it's going to be? No. I'm going to be the ass this year if it kills me. No, because... They're doing squats. <laughs> if it kills me. <laughs> um, basically, there's some sort of formula. I don't quite understand it, and hopefully I'm representing it correctly, because if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. But there's a certain amount of stuff that you can show, or do, or say, or whatever, that will basically turn your show from one rating to another. And and we're right on the cusp of TVMA. Right. Um, in terms of the situations and whatever. Of course. And, 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 and so I think it, we, it just can't be asses of plenty. So we right. kind of have to, you know, uh, pick and choose. That's probably a wrong example right. to you. Would it, about, is it more likely to be a female or a male ass or does it matter? It just uh, depends. It's, is it more likely? I would say... Are the rules different? The, uh... No, I don't think. I mean, I, okay. think, I think I think crack is crack, frankly. Um, in our first episode, that's going to be the title of this podcast. Crack is crack. Um, I think that's perfect. Uh, in our first episode of the series, it was Rob Riley who gets out of bed with Elaine. Yeah, it's Boutay. And then our first episode this season was McKinley uh, getting out of a. Uh, everyone's getting out of things. Getting out of the hot tub. Right. Um, and uh, I think Instagram melted. That, right. That was just. I also know. I also know from my experience with some with of my crack, projects. Yes. Oh right, other projects. Actors kind of want to show it. Like they kind of like. I made a short film where there was a a scene where three guys were in bed together and they were getting up. And, of course. And one of the actors, you know, there was a little very delicate talk. I wanted them to feel comfortable. I wanted it to look real. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I didn't want to be creepy or weird or whatever. And we had this really roundabout conversation. Well, what, he was like, well, I, I was thinking maybe I could, basically, he's like, I want to show my ass. Right. I, my, I have a great ass. Let's do it. Like, it was like, great, we're on the same page. Let's do it. <laughs> but it was this very delicate, I, I want to make sure you're feeling okay. Let's all hold hands while we talk about, you know, God's gift guess, to all of us, which is the human, but wait, you just want to whip it out? Okay. Yeah, okay, we got it. We got it. We're on the same page. Let's do it. Right. Um, um, I can't speak for anyone on the show. I will say that everybody is... Gorgeous. Everyone's bodies are, they're all built like ridiculousness. And they, they work, work their ass really, off. Yeah, they all work really hard. I mean, the, the women on the show with these dance routines have almost no choice but to be perfect because they are constantly dancing, constantly, and the guys are working out constantly. Do they do it around here? Is there a gym or whatever? Do you walk in and they're doing Well, like... I mean, dance rehearsals happen yeah. here. Um, as far as the gym stuff, you know, they have a gym on the Paramount lot, but I don't know that they particularly yeah. go there. You don't um, go there for inspiration to just like, I'm, I'm ruminating on a scene, I think I'm going to go... I'm telling you, people at the gym should come to my show for inspiration. <laughs> they're not going to find anything at the gym that you're not going to get better <laughs> on the set if hit the floor. Um, but no, I mean, these, all of these guys work really hard uh, on everything. And it's like, they all... This season, I'm I'm so impressed with the 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 investment they've all made in their characters and their storylines, and 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 the investment in their physicality. I mean, they're playing ballers. They can't yeah. go out there and run around with the gut, and it's just not realistic. And yeah, they're they're they're, they're on every aspect of their character. So now you're a gay man writing what? a show. Who? I know writing a show about the world. Dennis, of you just outed me. I know. Publicly on your I know. Podcast. Can you believe it? I'm sorry. I can. You're creating a show about the world of professional basketball, which is very straight. Yeah. Is that ever a, is there ever a tension around it? Is it, does it ever even come up? Is it ever a thing? Wait, tension or attention or what do you mean? Is there ever... Are there no gay people allowed in basketball? No, but you know, it, you know, it's not a world where, uh, where one might assume that the showrunner would be gay. You would, you would assume you might get somebody I that have, worked on Sports Night. Right. Or, do, you know, do you know what I'm saying? I do, in, 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 a, in a sense, I do, because whenever I do interviews and I show up and people think I'm, like, the assistant of whoever is actually running the show, and they're like, wait, who are you and why? Um, I understand that. It's a um, macho world. It's a macho world, but it's also a, a, a female soap within a macho world. So I right. kind of get a... a, a a gay pass on that one. I mean, right. it's, it's 14 girls dancing in little skimpy outfits and throwing shade and you right. know, whipping their hair. I mean, I, I, ultimately, the the heart of the show, I get to swim, swim in pretty easily. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure there's plenty of gay writers who've written about outer space, and I don't know how many gays there are in outer space, but, you know, you do your research and you get it all done. And um, I, I think part of what makes Hit the Floor interesting is perhaps that, which yeah. is, you know... It's not somebody who doesn't need to be not surprised by the world. I'm not surprised by the world, but I can look at uh, professional sports. I think 
from an angle that might not be typical. So I might approach it in a different way. Like last season, um, we had Raquel's character, you know, her baby daddy is this uber successful agent. Um, and uh, he was suing her for custody and giving her so much grief. And he's like, you know, I can drop the whole custody thing if uh, you have sex with me one more time. And uh, she was really, you know, going to do it. And then, you know, Yelena, who's completely shitty to this woman all season long, steps up, helps her out by basically putting him in a room with uh, a, a very kinky basketball player who didn't have an agent, was about to sign a huge deal, and could potentially get a giant amount of commission uh, from this guy. And the guy basically is like, oh, I'll, I'll give you commission if you, you know, basically have sex with me. And, and right. you know, uh, and this agent winds up doing it. And all the agents on my show really are... Agents okay. will do anything, let's face it. I mean, maybe that's where that comes from. Um, right. But, uh, so, you know, would that be a story? I mean, I think I could, perhaps my my POV could influence storylines like that, um, for sure, maybe in a way that other people might not have. But, um, but I also think, would a show, I, and I don't like to make sweeping statements, but would a show that centers around 14 women dancing benefit more from a straight testosterone kind of showrunner, where would they fall in the equation? Right. Like we have, we, in a, when we filmed our pilot, um, our director, um, a really wonderful director by the name of Senna Hamry, um, I wasn't going for a female director on the pilot. She just came in and just right. rocked what she would do with it. And, and, and so um, we hired her. She did an amazing job. But there was one particular scene where she was directing Catherine Bayless, who... Um, is supposed to be on the floor writhing around showing off for Oscar. And there's Senna off to the, you know, by the, you know, camera going, come on, Kat, give it to me, yeah! And Kat's like on the ground, she's arching her back and potting on her lips and rolling around, give it to me, Kat, give it to me! And I thought, if that was a male director, A, like, there would be, like... Lawsuits. I don't know if it's lawsuits, but it would be super creepy. Yeah, Like, it would suddenly be like Red Shoe Diaries or whatever. Um, and then would Kat feel comfortable in doing all that stuff? Like, she'd be set. I felt like having a woman director direct another woman on being sexy brought out a different kind of sexy from that actress than you... Like, she was being sexy for herself as opposed to being sexy right. for a man. And it, re- and it really worked. And, and actually, in our first season, we had nothing but female directors as a result. I mean, it was a bit of an accident in one particular episode because we had someone booked who, who had to pull out. But essentially... And then that person was replaced by a woman. But we have, so having female energy and not that gay energy is female energy, but having people not, kind of on not the Not machismo. Of, there right. wasn't a lot of machismo at work. Right. And I mean, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I mean we, uh, our crew, and plenty of straight dudes in the crew who enjoy sure, everything around course. them. And that's, you know, what have you. Um, but I think having a point of view that is slightly askew from the world that you're in is never a bad thing. Right. I think behind the scenes and on camera, I think your show's pushing it and mixing it up and in a neat way. And you're probably just doing your thing and it's happening and it's the right time and blah, blah, blah. You probably don't think about these things that much. But I think it is and I think it's cool. The, it, because we write everything in advance, it's hard to know. Like we, we've done stuff before stuff has really happened in yeah. real life. But then when we air, it comes like, it's, like we had our blackout episode was shot in the can. It was great, waiting for it to air. And then they had the blackout at the Super Bowl. Right. And, I, and people were like, oh, did it hit the floor? Mark it, do, do it. I was like, no, we were there first. We had our blackout first. Right. I mean, this storyline with Jude and Zero was in the pipeline since the fall. Right. So all that sort of gay athlete story and are we really trying to have this moment with this character, whatever, whatever. Yeah, Michael Sam or all, all that kind of stuff. I was there. like, um, no, but... It, but have we benefited from yeah. going, oh, well, you know, this is topical in the news, sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, we don't, it, because we kind of uh, we're, are in a little bubble, we don't get the, yeah. the, 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 the pleasure of just stealing from the headlines. Right. You, you, you have to be prepared in advance. Let's talk about soap names, because you have to, your characters have to have juicy names. Right. Is that fun as a writer? Because I find sometimes as a writer, until I know the character, if I can, can't find the right name for a character, mm-hmm. I feel stuck and I can't move on. And, right. and, and you're like, no, that's not a Kevin. He's not a Kevin. Right. You know, that's a whatever. But you've got your Sloans and your, like, all of it, they're just zero. Come on. Like, they all have, I mean, Jude, that's a great name. They Everybody's named for a very specific reason, um, or... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like you either feel, it's kind of like actors and casting. You either feel it or you don't. I mean, it, I have a lot of characters who are named after tennis players. That's true. You love tennis. I do love tennis. Um, and then, but there's every, but characters have different names for different reasons. We have a lot of characters who are named, a lot of females have male names, which I get 
commented on quite frequently of Lionel, uh, Sloan, Kyle. Um, it's 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 and then or crazy names like Asha and Yelena. But you're know. never gonna have Anne. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not a soap. It's, it's not. You need Riva. Right. You know <laughs> exactly. Um, but and then you know, for instance, uh, Zero is named. Um, has a, and people will have to continue watching. But I mean, his yeah. name's not an accident. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and I have fun with. Uh, of course, the guys have sort of more basic names, Derek and Terrence, and right. that whole thing. But but they're they're. Uh, yeah, well, they have a <clears throat> to them. Every 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 man and every woman on the show is strong. Yeah. So, what's been your most surprising fan moment? Has anyone sent you a, a handmade pillow or like My, things like that, or, or or shown a certain devotion that's like, wow, that took commitment. Um, I, in a in a show sense, I I always love when I hear from when people tweet me like just recently we had a, a group of. Uh, girls in this dance competition who basically replicated the devil girl uniforms dance in this competition and won first place one first place oh wow or people who are like i had a hit the floor theme party and here's my cake and, and people like so the fact that people care that much uh i love it um on a personal sense i had somebody um i've been i've been first of all recognized which is normally the showrunner i don't think would necessarily be but i think in the world right. of well, your face is out there and stuff, yeah. I guess you... Um, but uh, I've been... Where were you recognized? I was... Re <laughs> at one point, I was recognized... Uh, I was drunk leaving a bar in West Hollywood. And right. someone's like, James? And I was like, oh, hey, how are you? I mean, I wasn't loaded, but right. I wasn't sober. Um, and uh, James? And I was like, yeah. And, they're like, and they go... And I was, I'm sorry, I don't... I don't... How I know you. Oh, I, I, I recognize you from Instagram. And I was like... Okay, and yeah, and it just wound up being, and how they f knew me from, like, it, the whole thing was just really right. kind of bizarre, and I was like, oh, okay, and like, oh, yeah, and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's, it's cool, because I've gotten, who's the, oh, my God, what's his name? I get, what's his name? Walking Dead, Love Actually, who's the guy? Oh, Andrew. that actor. Yes, I know who you're talking about. The guy that holds the signs up in Love yes, Actually. Yes, to me, you're perfect. Don't you love how I can't... The, the problem with if you're listening to this podcast, you already know the blonde girl from Pitch Perfect and the other one. And you're, like, <laughs> so mad at us that we can't think of it. And you're at home going, it's, yeah, it's stop. not Andrew Garfield. It's Andrew something or else. Yeah. I don't know. But um, I've been asked for my autograph as that guy. which I That's a huge compliment. He's a hottie. I Well, it was a huge compliment until someone goes, can I have your autograph? And you go, oh, sh I was at the VH1... Do something awards. Yeah, you would think autograph? at VH1 they would know. Yeah, and I was like, sure, but automatically I was like, this person does not know. He's like, they're like, you're Walking yeah. Dead, right? And I was yeah. like, oh my god, no. But yes, it's a. Con I mean, listen, I'd, no. I'd make out with myself if I looked like that guy. When I was driving here today, I thought about. I flashed back to a story that I did on Christian McLaughlin, who I mm -hmm. know, when I was going to interview him on the set of Spider Games, the soap opera that he did for MTV. And um, I remember him showing me around and it was like his little playground and he was like God and it was like, he was just like in his domain and you could just see the thrill mm -hmm. that came out of it. And then I was researching you. You worked on that show. I worked on Spider Games. So, which, and now you have your own domain. I have my own domain. So before I mentioned my domain, uh, which looks like a museum of crazy. No, uh, it's good. When I was at, uh, I was at, <laughs> I was at another award show. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, yeah. And, but three people who, uh, who I, I know, I know they work at VH1 and um, these ladies were like, James, did you work on Spider Games? And I was like, and, of any of anything I do, I I don't think I've ever had someone say, "Did you work on Spider?" It was just which I mean, was an MTV soap. It was an MTV soap in the in the early mid two thousands, early two thousands, early two thousands. Okay, um, or yeah, mid yeah mid to early, and uh, it was very. Uh, I think it was a bit ahead of its time in terms of the stuff they would do. Yeah, it was like a daily show, what have you, and uh, and I got nominated for an Emmy off of it, which was amazing. I, I'm grateful for that. Um, and, uh, but they were like, you worked on that show. And I was like, yeah, they're like, oh my God, like my, we used to watch that all the time, you know, my, but sometimes my parents would put the parental controls because we were 11 and I'm like, oh my God. Right. Like it was like, you're a hundred years old, James. Right. These like grown ass women who work for VH1 are like, when we were 11, we watched that show yeah. you wrote for. And I was like, oh fuck. Well, now, but, but, my but do you do, do you feel like a little bit, 
Like, they're almost like characters you get to play with and you get to interact, or is there um, a, what's, what's, what am I going for? What's that feeling like of, like, having a universe that, that you are overseeing? Um, I think I don't have the perspective that you would expect someone in that position would have the perspective right. of. Like, I think if I came in and I felt like it was super crazy that somehow all these people were doing all these things because I was saying, you should do that. Like, I, I think I would probably be insane. Right. Um, and certainly as a television fan growing up and trying really, really hard to crack this business and, and you know, my, my career trajectory is by no means like, you know, I was shot out as a golden egg and then somehow everything magically happened for me and it was wonderful. I mean, this business is a struggle. Knowing that as well, to know that I'm on the Paramount lot, I've got, you know, stages, I've got offices, I've got this giant staff, I've got all these, you know, people that work for me, I've got, you know, this gigantic, you know, budget of all this stuff and all these things have to happen and then, you know, if I, if I had a perspective of like, and here I am in the nucleus and I'm, it's all, right. well, I don't, I don't, I, I, I can't see it that way. I think partially because it just came about very organically because it was, originally it was the little idea and then it was me and Maggie Molina who, and then we brought it to VH1. So it's like you're always adding like one person and adding one person right. and then VH1 loves and then you make the pilot and then you bring on the, the small little cast and the small little crew and then it gets a, the series crew and then we get the stages like because it just continues to sort of grow. Yeah. Um, it just feels very natural and I think if I looked, and this is such a boring answer, I should be like, oh, I roll up the $100 bills and I smoke them and I burn my staff with them because yeah. that would be more exciting but I think to me it just feels really natural. Right. And so I don't, have a, um, I don't have a, a view of it that is particularly probably interesting. Or grandiose. Know. or N No, well, because my attitude is this. You need everyone who works around. I don't feel like people work for me necessarily. I feel like they work with me. And so, because I can't do, I can't do, I also have a wall of dancers, right. headshots up here. I can't do what they do. Yeah. I can't do what my actors do. I can't do what my DP does. I, my DP does. Right. I can't do what any of these people do. And so I need everyone to feel really engaged. I need everyone to feel like this is their show. I need everyone. And because of that, I feel like that's partially why the show works um, and why it's so fun and why everyone tweets and why. I mean, I just think it's, yeah. it's, it has more of a group mentality. So I don't come in here like on my giant throne. High horse. Yeah. Now, that I said, think part of that. But okay. Go ahead. I was going to say that said, I take it extremely seriously and if something, um, everything has to, I ha you have to learn to trust all the, everything natural about it. So if I feel like something isn't working, then I, I make sure that that, isn't, that doesn't either get acted or danced or filmed or worn or made up on the face. Like I have to go, everything has to pass through my gut. Right. And everyone's gut is different. Shonda's, I'm going to say first name, like yeah. we're in the same... Shonda's gut is different on her show. Right. Different people's, you know, for this show, I can only go by my litmus test and, and what works for me. So I take... Nothing goes out the door that is for anyone's sake but my own. Right. I gotcha. There you go. And I think part of your reaction is, in the in this business especially, you get so many no's that you, you try to get used to not feel, absorbing them. So you don't, mm -hmm. you don't feel them. So when you get yeses, you don't quite feel them either in the way that you think you might bef when you're starting out. You think, oh my God, this is going to feel whatever. Right. By the time you get there, you've had so many no's that you, you're kind of like Teflon in a way. It's, like a, it's more zenny, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Is that for, a I mean, fair observation? I think, uh, for me, I think I've gotten uh, a billion more no's than I've gotten yeses. Now that I have the yeses, I think for me, I uh, definitely appreciate it. One of my biggest pet peeves is people who don't appreciate, and I know it sounds like I'm going for Miss America, but people who don't appreciate the situation that they're in, and and you can tell, people who are generally grateful and and kind of good, you know what I mean. And so I've had people who've worked on the show who haven't had that mentality, who felt like, you know, maybe they should be walked in on a throne, or maybe they yeah. could act out in different ways and what have you. And you can spot those people a pretty easily, and b when you're in a group of a ton of people who don't feel that way they stick out like a sore thumb right. and they just bring down the room um, and so I generally feel very grateful because any in this town you're you know you have a show one minute and you don't the next and so you kind of you enjoy it while you have it and you take right. it seriously while you have it whatever um, but yeah I mean there's definitely a Teflon level as well where it's like you know you're not going to please everybody right um, and so you just kind of 
do what you feel you right. know, works and, and you can fix it all in post. Um, I have, I found something on your resume that cracked me up. <laughs> just, spring break, just one thing. Spring break shark attack. Uh huh. What, I want to see it. What is it? I'm not going to tell you what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> um, spring break shark attack. So, um, as one project begets another, um, I had worked in some TV movie stuff. You know, I'd done some, t- some movies for MTV with, uh, with Maggie um, and then we'd, and then I'd gone over one of the producers on one of those, I did a Brat Pack movie that never got made, which is a bummer. Cause I got to inter- interview all these like awesome, like, I know it's insane. That, that breaks my heart. I know. We, uh, but so like about the, what it was like to be in the Brat Pack in that time. Yeah. 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 So and it was, shit. yeah, it was, um, and so they, yeah. So VH1 stopped doing movies at a certain point and that was like, that was like a key one that they were going to do and it wound up not happening and that, but I got to do all this research of like the time and you know, I'm, like, literally putting dialogue in the mouths of, like, Demi Moore and Molly Ringwald. Of course. Of course, yes. So, um, but anyway, one of the producers of that project uh, said, they had this mood, they were like, you know what, we want you to write something for us, and it's going to be uh, a disaster movie. Would you like to do that? And I have a bucket list, like yeah. any writer does. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like, Towering Inferno and Earthquake, like, yeah. just put a bunch of, like, BC level people in a project and just kill them off one by one. For me, yeah. is like, yes. Yeah. So, he's like, so come on in. Uh, and we'll talk about it. And I was like, and plus someone was offering me a job that I didn't have to audition for, which was right. great. Um, and so I went into his office, and this is Frank Von Zernick, who is like a, a, the, the, a maven of these TV movies. And so uh, maven's female, right? He's not I'm female. not sure. I don't know. He's I don't a, know what maven a do- is. He's a doyen of... of we don't know. <laughs> We're just like a list of things that we don't know what, we, what they are. Um, Oh, I almost had the girl from Super Fun Night. God, it begins okay. with an R. I'm telling you right okay. now. Okay, all right. So... Uh, <laughs> People hate me. So uh, he goes, okay, so, and I'm all excited. I'm like, I can't wait to find out what this disaster is. I can't wait to find out what it was going to be for CBS. And I sit down, it's like, okay. And, and I'm, he's walking me through his editing suite, which is they're doing category five or six or some like uh, the, which I did the next one. Um, but something with like tornadoes are coming through Vegas. Right. And yanking brides from hotel windows and flinging them up into yeah. space. And I'm like, this shit is awesome. So I sit down, I'm like ready. And he goes, I'm like, what's my disaster? And he goes, it's sharks. And I was like, okay, sharks isn't okay. really a disaster. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's like yeah. on spring break. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but, but I was like, all right, I can get, all right, let's, all right, I'm on that. I can, if I can kill people, whatever, that's wonderful. And we ended up shooting it in South Africa, which was. Oh, that's yeah, amazing. It was amazing. So when you watch a, sh- a movie that's based in Florida and you see like a little mountain in the background, if you see tabletop mountain, like just yeah. pretend it doesn't exist. It's we didn't down. have CGI that could wipe it away. But that was pre-Sharknado. You were really... No, and when Sharknado was on, people were like, Spring Break Shark Attack better than Sharknado. Thank you. Or could you imagine if Twitter existed when Spring Break Shark Attack was on? Right. That movie has its... I mean, that was... The commercial for Spring Break Shark Attack was... They played it... In, it was First of all, it was like a 30-second commercial they played incessantly, which was great, on CBS. And then they had this like tiny little version, like it was all like story, 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 whatever. And then it was during the uh, NCAA tournament. Then they made it just like these little bumpers that were between the commercials. Yeah. And that they took the 30 second commercial and they melted it down to about four seconds. And it was literally like tits and a shark fin. Right. And it was like spring break shark attack. That's it. That's all you need. And it was like the biggest or the second biggest whatever movie that was on that year. I, they had a band named themselves spring break shark attack. It was amazing. Amazing. I still, the residuals of that movie alone. Really? That's yeah. amazing. I'm just going to look into space and think about yeah. the residuals of Spring Break I lo- <laughs> I'm so happy for you. <laughs> now, you talked about your struggle and stuff like that. What got you through your lowest times when you were like, I can't fucking get arrested? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm so, just curious. No, I don't no. have any personal connection to this feeling right. or anything. <laughs> right. Nobody I'm, just, just, I'm just anecdotally curious. Anecdotally. I'm doing great, by the way. <laughs> Do you need a hug? I'm on fire. <laughs> I'm on fire, literally. You're like <laughs> um, so, well, so I moved out here. Because I, I was convinced that I was going to be David E. Kelly. I was convinced that I was going to have my empire, all these different shows. Right. And I knew... I, this sounds awful. This sounds awful. I knew I had the talent to do it. Um, I was never not confident in what I could do. Right. So I had this stupid belief, like, you know, like that young kind of like, it's just going to happen. It's going to be done. And so I worked for a woman named Margaret Oberman for a couple of years when I first moved out here. I was her assistant. She'd written for Saturday Night Live. Um, and it got me an office with a computer and a laser printer, and so I got right. to write, write, write. Um, and then when I got an agent, uh, I was on a show called uh, DC, which was John August and Dick Wolf, on, right. the, on the WB, right. which will date me. There used to be something called WB Sure, Kids. I gotcha. 
Um, and I thought, this is how it's going to work. I'm going to, within a, a month, I'm going to have a job on a show. And I was the youngest person on the, on the staff. And I was the one that everyone was like, hey, would this character have a Bruce Springsteen poster on their wall? And I'd be like, no, they wouldn't. They're 20. Like, right. take that shit off the wall. Um, and so it was really exciting and whatever. And then once that show left the air in negative four months, uh, I was like, okay, where's the next one? Crickets. Where's the next? And, and, and so it was always like me going up for staffing. And I was, it was, it was always down to like me and someone else. That's everyone's story that they tell themselves like in sleep at night. Right. It was down to me and this, some one other person. Of course they went for the one other person because of X, Y, Z reason. Right. She they was needed, Latina. Yeah. Was yeah. Black. They yeah. were, you know, joined at the head and they needed right. one of those. Um, and so, uh, I couldn't get staffed. And, and, and I was, I would, particularly in the shows that I wanted, like there were shows that I was like, I would love to be on that show. Like when I read the Desperate Housewives pilot, I was like, put me in coach, put me in like, ah. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, at that point I didn't even have a rep because it was like, you try, you, I was trying to get staffed. Uh, I didn't. I was at two different huge agencies. And once you get like a few bites of the apple and you don't get it, they're like, there's nothing more I can do for you. So I ended up getting basically iced from both of these places and, um, and, but I'm scrappy. My father's never not worked a day in his life. So I was always either, I, I've spent more time sitting at coffee shops, coming up with ideas that I could pitch and what have you, and trying to keep in touch with random people I'd work with at random points, whatever. Um, and then, but I, I always wrote like kind of one thing ish a year that kind of kept me from having to do anything else. Um, and so I would write, whether it's these movies or I would write a bunch of pilots. Um, and eventually it's just eventually something just has to hit so were there times where how what what do you do to not go crazy um you you i mean it's just it's either in you to quit or it's not and my, i always felt like eventually it's your turn you know it's a small town eventually it's your turn you meet it if as long as you don't stay in your home and interact with nobody i mean you kind of have to like I'm, i suck at networking i don't go to any wga events i don't go to any dga events i don't go to right. anything like that um, I don't go to parties where it's this person's house or whatever. I just, I, I'm so disinterested in that. And right. I, I'm not disinterested. I'm incapable. Like I can't be at a party and be like, Darren Star, Oh, hi, we're going to have some chitty chat. And it's right. going to feel totally genuine. And we're just having this conversation right. and I'm not really desperate to work for you and whatever. Can't do it. Um, but I would work with enough people and I, I think I'm fun and, and talented and a good person to right. kind of be around. And so you have a nice energy, for sure. Nice enough, maybe compared to some other people. And so I would continue to kind of interact with these people and work with these people. And, and you know, uh, I was getting just enough work to kind of not get completely demoralized. Right. But listen, I was, I, I was looking into being like, you know, doing some random screenwriting teaching at, you know, different schools. I was looking into, you know, would I be a better psychologist? I could just go to, you know, get a whatever. Because part of the oh job God, of a writer... I've had these thoughts. Yeah, part of the job of a writer <laughs> and part of the job of a showrunner are both psychology. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm very uh, uh, sensitive to how people think and why they right. think. And usually the most fucked up people are the psychologists, you know what I mean? So um, so I've gone to all those sort of, you know, adjacent sort of things. Right. But I never gave up on writing. Um, it was yeah. just about... Um, finding the right thing at the right time and and hit the floor for me was that I mean this is the first show that I've ever run yeah um, and uh, it's been you know I didn't go through the room like a lot of people do I didn't I, didn't, I wasn't like staff writer story editor executive story I didn't right. go through the rungs I basically right. worked in writing TV movies and pilots and then I just got an opportunity here um, to to get the experience right um, and it turned out that I was that I that I could do it, and I weirdly enough, I knew that I I felt that I could. Right. But until you do it, you don't know. Right. Um. So, yay. Yay for you. And I just want to say me. that I I've <laughs> met a number of showrunners, and they a lot of them seem beleaguered, overwhelmed. I ran into one, um, at a party recently, and I said, "How's your summer going?" He's like, "It's summer." And <laughs> I had the same conversation with him two summers ago. How's your summer going? It's summer. And he's overwhelmed and working. And I know you work your ass off. I right. know it can't be easy. But you have a joy around you that I really love. And I really just wanted to acknowledge that. Well, thank you. And I will say that I probably have used that it's summer line. People have probably heard it. I actually haven't had a break yet. I've, uh, right. I'm still in post on the season we're showing now. And then, you know, Knockwood into season three, which we should be hearing about soon. It's back to the writer's room. So, But you uh, wear it well. I think that's what it is. I think I, I think uh, you, it's genuine. I mean, I think it's part of being grateful. I mean, the minute it feels like it's a job and it's kind of, this isn't the job for you. Like yeah. you, you, I was just like, so dude, you're a gazillionaire. It's okay. Yeah, well, 
you're talking to the other showrunner you're talking to. Not you. I'm talking to the other guy, the the one that doesn't know it's summer. Right, because it's a podcast, you can't see him waving at the guy out the window. (laughs) I'm not a gazillionaire, I can assure you that. No, no, the the, the one that's like, it's summer, you know what I mean? I want to know who the showrunner is. I'll tell you after we wrap. Anyway. Kind of a podcast, let the people in. Yes. Um, We're going to (laughs) wrap this up, but you did pick uh, some questions from the observation deck. Pick Uh which one do you want to talk about? Which one? And then we'll wrap it up. Uh, who are your teen crushes? Who are your teen crushes? My first crush that I ever had was Doug Barr on The Fall Guy. Wow, interesting. Okay. Yeah, who had like the wide-eyed, dopey kind yeah. of thing. Um, I'm with you. And I tried to, I was like, is he available for a role on Hit the Floor, like a small thing, whatever. Yes. And, there was, and he was like, he, I don't know where he is right now or right. what he looks like. Exactly. Um, he's probably become a psychologist or <laughs> something like that. Um, he's still in those designing women residuals. Right. Uh, and then the other huge one for me was Harrison Ford. Really? Um, which yeah. which Harrison? Indy? Uh, uh, well, he he was Indy and Han Solo at around yeah. the same time, but I think probably more for Han Solo, but I had the Indy hat, and I remember when I was, I want to say I was 11 or 12, I had a, a Velcro wallet, and I had Harrison Ford is a hunk written on it in Sharpie, and I wasn't, I wasn't an out 11-year-old, and I don't know what my family thought of it, um, and, uh, and I wasn't thinking, oh, here's my crush on Harrison Ford, I don't know if I knew what a hunk was, but I had right. Harrison Ford as a hunk, and there was a heart on my blue denimish kind of Velcro wallet, and, uh, that's a bold thing to do, like, but I didn't know, know that, it was, I didn't, wasn't, yeah, I didn't, didn't know, I thought I was just going, I'm a fan. I didn't right, realize like, that. I like I Harrison Ford, it's the best, yeah. Right, now he has the earring, and I'm not sure I feel the same way. I, don't I feel like, like he earrings. has a, I'm not sure how And well Callista, I don't get the Callista thing either. I, but anyway. Uh, yeah. He's, <laughs> I don't, anyway. I'm sure she's My, I liked my Willie Ames a lot. Okay. From Eight is Enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked when he was on Battle of the Network Stars. I liked mm-hmm. anyone in those Speedos and Dolphin shorts. I liked yes. all of that. Understood. Gregory I'm Harrison. I'm pretty sure Doug Barr was on one of those yeah, episodes. Yeah, for who? sure. Who? Gregory Harrison. Okay, great. He was on, wasn't he on Trapper Fresno? John. But wasn't he also, didn't, didn't he do like the grapes? The, no, yeah, didn't he, they did like a spoof movie of um, Falcon Crest? Maybe. This just got really gay and really 80s yeah, we really needed to fast. Br- we needed to bring it there. <laughs> all right, James LaRosa, thank you so much for uh, d- doing the podcast. If you want to email me, my email is dennisanyonepodcast at gmail. Um, if you want to help me out, write some reviews on iTunes. I'm trying to build this thing. I love doing it, and uh, I love uh, hearing from you guys. So thanks for listening. Thank you, James. Is, and Dennis is awesome, so definitely give him love. Thank you. You're sweet. We, we met at a trivia thing in Palm Springs. And who won? We did. Yeah. We tore it up. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye.